0: Good evening and welcome once again to the Irish NFL show. I'm Mark Harry Potter Cockrell and joined this evening by my good friends Colin Run Weasley Cronin and Brian Hermione Granger O'Leary. Gentlemen, it's a magical evening. Good to see you both.
1: Yes, uh, indeed, Mark. Obviously, they're running into Christmas and plenty of exciting games to look forward to over uh the the coming days and lots to discuss this evening
0: brian is it the like,
2: christmas magic in the air for you yeah oh absolutely it sounds like you have some magical uh quotes to come this evening judging by the opening the opening lines on this show and uh, these they're saying this could be one of the coldest weekends in nfl history and uh, just when the season is really warming up in terms of who's going to make the playoffs Um some teams are going to play in their coldest ever game in their nfl history so very interesting to see picks tonight because I imagine come Monday if the weather gets a hold of these games we'll see very different results than what we expect.
0: Absolutely and we've got a you know a busy weekend ahead with obviously with the Christmas day games we've got football on four nights this week with Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday another Christmas treat. Uh, but gents before we get into the games and the 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 future that we're looking forward to uh, there have been a couple of sad passings in the wider NFL community and family uh, in the last few days in the run-up to Christmas. Probably, column most surprisingly, given the young age of the gentleman in question, Ronnie Hillman, a former uh, Broncos uh, running back, who I think passed at only thirty-one years of age. There,
1: yeah, really sad. Obviously, I mean, thirty-one is no age at all, and um, and a guy who um, you know, kind of you you see the talk about him uh, on Twitter, what a great teammate he was. His best year was actually the year the Broncos last won the Super Bowl in 2015, and he was a big part of that, rushing for nearly a 1,000 yards, played in... Super Bowl 50 as well, but word came earlier this week from a couple of his teammates, um, former teammates in Denver, um, Orlando Franklin and Derek Wolfe, that he had been taken into hospice care. He'd only been diagnosed earlier in the year um, with uh, a rare form of liver cancer. um, And unfortunately, um, just didn't, uh, you know, There was really no chance uh, for him with that but uh, a guy who when he was drafted was actually drafted ahead of russell wilson um john elway took a bit of stick for drafting him because he wasn't the biggest running back in the the world but he had a decent career with the broncos was a key part of the super bowl winning team and obviously um, will be missed by fans but most importantly by his family and you know, it's it's good to see kind of the entirety of the NFL community coming together um, to acknowledge what a, a tragedy it is for all of the those that who knew him and look our, our thoughts go out to him it's really tough to lose anyone at any time um it's especially tragic i think when it is a young person and it is very very difficult i think when it is just before christmas so definitely our our thoughts are with ronnie hillman's uh all, all of his loved ones
0: Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'd like to continue extending thoughts and prayers, not just to friends and family of Ronnie Hillman, but also those of Franco Harris, who also left us earlier this week. Um, For those of a more vintage generation, uh, I would say uh, certainly one of the names, one of the fundamental faces behind that uh, famous Steelers side during the 70s, winner of four Super Bowls. We often laud the amazing steel curtain and the defense. You see Terry Bradshaw, who was a quarterback in the league, when quarterbacks weren't the most important thing uh, on the shows. But really what drove that offense was their running game, and especially their running game behind Franco Harris. Um, As many will know and would have seen in the tributes paid to him, if you didn't already know, he is, of course, the famous recipient of the most famous play in the history of the NFL, the Immaculate Reception. Um, as this is an opinion, this is voted in 2019 as part of the NFL's 100-year celebration, um, which, um, you know, in the week we've just had, I suppose, with Raiders fans uh, celebrating a rather uh, unbelievable end to one game was certainly an unbelievable end to a key championship game back there in the 70s. Obviously, at the different end of the spectrum, he passed at 72, had long innings, uh, had been obviously close, with the whole Philadelphia, uh, Pittsburgh community uh, all the way through uh, and a key part of, as I say, those 70 teams, but that link to the past. Um, for younger or newer fans of the NFL, you'll see the Immaculate Reception repeat on that, that famous advert for the NFL 100 where Franco uh, gets the ball off the deflection much in the same way it happened in that famous game against the Raiders. Um, and the Steelers, obviously, at that time, were the curse of John Madden's Raiders in a few uh, years uh, gone by. So a very famous face, notable face for the Pittsburgh Steelers community as well. And sorry to start on such a somber note, but I think it's only appropriate as we cover so many angles and so much part of the NFL to acknowledge um, the contributions made by both those men. So with our thoughts and prayers with them and their families, um It is important sometimes as well to remember the football can be a distraction from um, the sadness and the the reality of life. And we obviously as fans do treat it that way and and, uh, allow it to kind of provide some hopefully light in the day. We were starting with the magic themes, Brian, but I think we've got so many games to get through with the way the schedule falls. We should uh, really start with the first game that's going to come up later this evening, Thursday Night Football. Uh, and I come to you first on this, Brian, about the Jags at the Jets. Um, both of these teams are actually looking to be where Ronnie Hillman and Franco Harris were before, which is in the playoffs. Both these teams, Jags, are now just one game behind the times. So we talked about they control their destiny. And the Jets, obviously, on a bit of a losing streak at the moment, but there's still only one game outside of that wild card race. The weather could be wild at MetLife, uh, but is this game going to be wild tonight?
2: Yeah, they're expecting really, really bad weather at this game tonight which kind of shows out the form in a way because despite the difficult losses for the Jets recently they're still in the position, as you said, to make the playoffs and defensively they've been very impressive throughout the course of the season. It's going to be a a really difficult task for for Trevor Lawrence. You know, he's coming off a game last week where he had 503 total yards against the Cowboys defense which was really exposed last week and they're going up against a a defense that... for, for I suppose they've held held their own this season, despite the uh, difficulties in which they have with offence. You know, the starting situation with Zach Wilson as quarterback. Then, obviously, Mike White coming in. Mike White's been injured. At one stage, Joe Flacco was playing. So, there's been a lot of upheaval offensively, but one thing we can say is defensively this season, they've been fantastic. And, you know, you've got Sauce Gardner, you know, arguably defensive rookie of the year. And they're going up against a team right now that are on a crest of a wave in, in, in... in the Jags, they've won four of the last six games. Trevor Lawrence is finally starting to show the potential that we always, we obviously knew we had after the craziness of last season. What well, this weather thing really does worry me. I mean, I'm looking at the stats. I'm looking at the, the games in which the Jags have played over the course of the years, and they haven't won a game um, under 10 degrees of weather Celsius for us uh, in in eight years. It's, it's gone back that far since they've gone on the road in difficult circumstances and played well and won. And right now, like they are. Do, you know they're doing really well. They've got players like Say Jones, who, you know, we could have underrated wide receiver. He's really stepped up the last few weeks. We saw it in Tennessee. We saw it last week in the big game against the Cowboys. It's a difficult one. I'm really torn on this one. Um, I mean, they're one game back on the on the Titans. The Titans now essentially have ruled out Tannehill potential for the rest of the season. They're going to be running with Malik Willis, and they're going to play through the final week of the season. The Jags are going to keep going. Zach Wilson is playing. Something tells me Jets. Win a very close one. Um, I thought they'd win last week. I'll be honest, I thought they felt I felt they threw the game away last week with the 14 inches touchdown, not getting as hacking on the tight end. Then obviously the bad we spoke about it on Monday show around the play calling at the end, with the timeouts. You know they could have put themselves in a better position to win that game. It's one they'll feel they let go. I don't think they'll let go tonight. I think they'll find a way to get past the Jags and win this game and keep their season alive in terms of making the playoffs.
0: Colin, do you have faith in the Zach attack?
2: I don't,
1: and uh, I think this is we're going to be off uh, tonight. To uh, straight away, I, there's been a lot of um, games where we have been um, in harmony, in a unison over the past couple of weeks. Uh, maybe, maybe this weekend will not be the case, because for me, I, I think both teams. I, I think, look, if if maybe the, the Jets had their um, their full like they weren't injured at running back. Maybe it'll be different. Brees Hall, I think was such a difference maker for them. Um, but, uh, and, and while they're they still effective and Brian rightly points to how good their defense has been, I think Zach Wilson is going to really struggle to, to move the ball in this sort of weather. And, Talked about it on Monday's show. This has been a season where the Jags have broken the, the different sort of streaks, their inability to win on the road, their inability to win on the West Coast, all of those sorts of things. Um, and we saw uh, some of the stats come out during the week. So Trevor Lawrence is PFF's highest Uh, graded quarterback since week nine if you look at the stats uh, since week nine even getting some love from Nick Wright who generally only only gives the love uh, to Patrick Mahomes so that was uh, funny but since week nine in terms of passer rating uh, 111.2 first in terms of completion percentage over 70% and in terms of touchdown to interception uh, ratio, 14 to one, he is first in all of those. So it's not just PFF saying it, it is the stats to, to back it up. And you can see it with your own eyes, the way in which he has grown and matured, the decision-making. Um, and for for me, as impressive as the Jets' defense have, has been, I just think they, they're going to struggle with Zach Wilson to score enough points. And that um, is, as as I can tell you, my own team, that does not allow you to win football games. Uh, I wonder, and I think it will be intriguing to see what the Jets might do uh, it, with the QB situation in the offseason. That's one to, to keep an eye on. I think this will be a, a very low scoring game. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets were to to win it. Absolutely, they could. I just think um, in this league, the best QB tends to win and the best QB be in this situation is Trevor Lawrence so it's the Jags for me
0: yeah as I alluded to the Jets are on a three game losing streak and maybe you couldn't you wouldn't blame necessarily Zach Wilson for the loss against Detroit last week but um you know uh, there were a lot of things we analyzed that went wrong at the wrong time for them Um, And I'm with you, Colm, on this. Like, their defense is impressive, but we also have to give due credit to how the Jags' offense has been clicking last while. 40 points against the Cowboys cannot be sniffed at. And if the weather is wild, um, I do still like uh, the Jags being able to run the ball. I do still like Trevor Lawrence's arm more so than Zach Wilson's tendency with his mechanics to throw off the back back foot. Um, Remember dodgy, windy game uh, between Buffalo and New England last year. And it was like a bazooka versus a BB gun in terms of Mac Jones throwing in the wind and Josh Allen throwing in the wind. Um, And maybe it's not quite as bad as that, but I would do a similar comparison between Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence tonight. I certainly know who I'd rather be throwing the ball in inclement weather in that regard. So look, um, it's 2-1. Brian, you're the lone wolf tonight because I'm going to go with the Jags on Thursday Night Football as well. Moving swiftly on, however, gentlemen, uh, as we turn our attention to Sunday, first game we're going to look at here is the Falcons at the Ravens. And uh, two little things to mention here. Um, Mr. Ridder is going to be on the road for the first time uh, as the Falcons continue to evaluate him. If you are interested in going on the road next year to the NFL, Do please pre-register your interest with our partners at Cassidy Travel. They're taking pre-reg interest uh, with your team and your interests uh, now even. So you'll see that link in our bio on YouTube. You'll see that link connected on various social media sites as well. So do please do that. So while he goes traveling, however, let's let's try the magic theme. Unfortunately... uh, Lamar Jackson's injury history has declared uh, a curse of Adava Kada- Ad- Advada Kadava, uh, if I remember my Harry Potter correctly, on the Ravens' playoff hopes in years gone by. Again, column Lamar Jackson is injured, and whereas the Ravens a couple of weeks ago looked like they were almost nailed on for the division title, uh, they've lost. Uh, they Jackson isn't starting in tonight. We've got the the, the wonders and delights of Huntley uh, confirmed, sorry, I say tonight, sorry, Sunday, confirmed to start again. Actually, sorry, Saturday. This is how confused I am about these games now. There's too much football. It's Christmas. I'm completely confused. Whenever and in whatever geographical location and time zone this is being played, Huntley will be starting against Desmond Ritter on the road. Column, please save me from my misery here and release this uh, confluxing spell that I'm
1: under. Well, given that we're on the uh, the the Christmas games, uh, as such, I, I'll I'll go with the uh, the Christmas hat and I'll, I'll sort that out in a minute. Um, look at that! Uh, with this one, uh, I don't think either of these uh, teams will will be high flying. the The Ravens. It, it feels very similar to. Last year we've talked about that Namar gets injured towards the, the end of the year and the wheels just come off because he is their their offense. He is their their best rusher and he is a great passer. he worries defenses in a way that Huntley just doesn't. And Huntley is a competent backup, but he's a backup QB and um, that that is a huge, huge issue for um, this team. They are, th- these are, are in, I think they're two and three in terms of rushing yards, but for the Falcons, the, the big advantage they have is that even though Marcus Mariota is um, no longer the, the QB there, um, their, their top two uh, rushers are their running backs. And ultimately, I think that is what could make the difference. I think we might well see some susp- surprises uh this week this is another of the uh cold weather games and i just it just feels like without lamar that the you you lose a, a huge leader and you lose your quarterback and it just feels like things aren't quite right there um again it wouldn't be shock me at all if the ravens were to win this but i am going to say that it is going to be an upset and that the Falcons and Desmond Ritter are going to actually get the victory, but it won't be uh, based off of him. It's going to be on their running backs.
0: Yeah, and and Brian, you've got the the stat running there, obviously, about how the the Ravens can secure a playoff spot, but probably the bigger question for them is keeping up with the Bengals to get the right playoff spot in terms of that home advantage.
2: Yeah, big weekend last weekend with the Browns beating the Ravens, and obviously the Bengals going into Tampa and winning. Uh, Bengals now top of the division. Uh, this this game, like we looked at these two offenses over the past few weeks, and they're stuttering. We called it out over the past few weeks, you know, in particular around the Ravens games, home to the Panthers on the road in Jacksonville, up and down last weekend against against the Browns. Um, He's fixing the hat, I assume. Uh, last weekend against the Browns on the Saturday night, didn't do a lot. And there's been this kind of narrative for a while that uh, that Huntley could be, potentially be the right answer for the Ravens if, if Lamar Jackson was to move on. Um, you know, if the contract wasn't secured. I think we've seen enough now at this stage to, to recognise that's not that's not the case. I think the Ravens will win more so because I think Ritter's in for a difficult day with the defence of the Ravens stepping up. These t- both these two teams combined for 21 points last weekend. We're not seeing a lot of the Ravens, sorry, the Ravens' offence. We're not seeing a lot of the Falcons' offence. It'd be interesting to see how Ritter can do again in another road game for him. But I think bearing in mind where the Ravens are at and the opportunity to potentially make the playoffs this weekend, albeit just securing a wild card with the games that are at hand elsewhere, um, I think the Ravens will find a way to win this game.
0: It it is not always guaranteed that just because they should have more to win out of this that they come through. Looking at you, Indy, last year against Jacksonville, for example. Um, But let's not forget, gentlemen, the Falcons have a lot of interest in this as well. They're only a game out of the division in there. Uh, Are we allowed to call it a division? Embarrassment might be the appropriate word. In the NFC South, which is uh, potentially this weekend going to confirm if the Bucks lose, that the winner of that division will indeed have a losing record and thus joining the economy of the, I think it's seven, eight, and one uh, Panthers, the seven and nine Seahawks, and one other losing division winner that I can't remember at this point in time. It's a very, very low and ignoble list, albeit of course the Seahawks gave us that amazing home playoff game where they unleashed beast mode. It is hard to see, true beast mode, the beast quake, I should say. It is hard to see any of these NFC South teams, whichever uh, eventually stumbles to the finish line, unlocking anything uh, of that nature. Um, there's been a great job, do not get me wrong, uh, by Arthur Smith and the coaching staff and the Falcons of what they've turned around uh, this year in particular. Um, but John Horbo can't allow another meltdown. Uh, Huntley has shown glimpses. The Ravens are by far the more talented team uh, across the board. And, you know, even though I make all those points for the Falcons and what they've got to play for in this regard, I will take uh, the Ravens over the Falcons. I'm not quite sure Ridders there yet, and it's not the nicest environment uh, to go into on your first away game as well. Certainly be difficult with their defense to say the least. Um, I'm also loving Columns cup that made an appearance just during that, as well as the moose antlers, uh, which are now duly fixed. So we've got a good Christmassy night ahead. Anyone again watching on the podcast is going, what the hell is going on? Are they talking about? Then you have to check out the show on YouTube to, to see the full effect um, of, of what columns brings to town today. Moving on gentlemen. Um, now, there's only one reference that's relevant here. Harry Houdini himself must be the reference, because the Detroit Lions have not just escaped a 1-6 and purgatory. They've got an amazing winning streak and run. They've got the potential now to go for seven wins out of their last eight. They showed a great performance against the Panthers. Uh, sorry, they showed a great performance the last couple of weeks, and now they're bringing this form on the road to Carolina. The Panthers' season, albeit you know Steve Brooks was making the case obviously to take the permanent job there and and looked like he was getting some great performances out of that team even after they traded the farm away and basically thrown in the towel on the season. Now that season and is over, they really want the draft position more than anything, especially with the poor performance last week dropping at home to the Steelers. Realistically guys, is this not about the Lions and their continued wild card push? Um, and the Panthers' slow, inexorable climb out of the mat rule. Um, I'm trying to be polite. Uh, reindeer droppings that were left behind. Uh, Colm, I'll come to you. Let's start with you on this one, Lions at the Panthers.
1: Yeah, I look, I, I mean, I, for me, I suppose the um, head coach of the the year contenders uh, are, I think there's four in, in it and I think Dan Campbell is one of those for the way in which he has changed the culture. We t- I mean how many times on this show have we talked about Detroit as the factory of sadness uh, and this year they have become the game's great entertainers. Look I I, you, I feel a little bit for, for Steve Wilkes because it's really difficult when I talked about it we, uh, last week. This is a team who are on their third start in QB. Um, they traded away Chris McCaffrey. Uh, Robbie Anderson forced his way out. It, so it's, it's difficult for, for Wilkes. But the, the Lions are on such a good run. And the other thing that happened this week were the Pro Bowl announcements. And one player uh, who didn't get it, who was snubbed, was Amon Ross saint Brown. Now, if people out there know anything about Amarra, it is the fact that he takes things personally. He has the he can list off all 16 wide receivers uh, who went before him in the draft. Earlier in the season, ESPN didn't include him in a list of the top players under 25. He promptly went for over 100 yards in each of the next two games, those games uh, being the, the Bills and the Jags. So the fact that he has been snubbed should be of significant concern to the Carolina Panthers because he is going to want to prove a point. And he's pretty good at when it comes to proving a point. Uh, I, I think this will be, um, you know, I think that the Panthers will want to respond after a disappointing showing last week. But I I think ultimately for them, like they're going to have an entirely new QB room next year. I would imagine it's not going to be anyone who's on the current roster. And I think that the Lions and Dan Campbell have the, the playoffs in their sights. And so I am going to say that the great entertainers continue to entertain and they get the win.
2: Mark, just as you were leading into this game, you, you suggested this is more so about the Lions and the Panthers, and the Panthers potentially should be considering their position for the for the for the yeah, draft come April. But the reality is they're
0: in the NFC South as well. I know. So
2: <laughs> no, no. Well, look, look, we're all guilty of you know what we think of the NFC South, but like the reality is, right now, if they continue to win or find a way to get themselves in a position come week 18, they play the Bucks. I know it's on the road. The Bucs have lost quite a few games at home this season. It's not a daunting place to go. They just need to remain one game out. Play the play the books, beat them. they have beaten them earlier in the season, and they'll be in the playoffs. So, I have, I get it. Like they're not like they really should be figuring it out what's the plan, and they should be looking at the draft position. But the way they're playing, even if they finish the season and win the division with six or seven games, they're still going to be in the top twelve picking in the draft. So, like there's going to be four or five quarterbacks. Anyway, that's for April, this game. Um, I picked the Panthers last week. I felt they, would, they, uh, they were on a bit of a crest of a wave. The momentum was building. They just won Seattle, And, of course, we saw the letdown game. The letdown game was because the Steelers found a way to essentially stop this three-headed monster, which they've had in the run game, which is Blackspear Foreman, and Hubbard. And when it came down to Sam Darnold trying to essentially win the game on his own with the likes of DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall in, you know, in terms of their wide receivers, couldn't get it done. The Lions' defence, to me, is the biggest factor here over the past few weeks. we talked so highly of their offence throughout the course of the season. Since they played the Packers, whatever went off that day when they when they played the Packers at home, and only gave up nine points in that game, they've literally turned the corner. They played the Giants the following week in MetLife. They, they did a really good number there. In fact, the only team in the last six weeks that have really put up any numbers on them is the Bills. And in fairness to the Bills, they put up big numbers on every team. So it's the defence for me, which is... Created this run and I'm with Column. and um, I think the Panthers will rebound and play a lot better than they did last week but ultimately I think the Lions offensively too much at the moment. They're averaging 21 points a game. I know it's dropped off slightly recently but now they're finding ways to win games in tougher situations where they don't have to put up 30 points. This weekend I think they will They will find a way to put up good numbers. I can't see the Panthers living with them. So I'm with column I think the Lions will win and sure. march on towards the playoffs.
0: No, they absolutely and look, it's a good call out about the Panthers because I was just calling out about the Falcons. Like you kind of look at their record and think they're out of the running, but of course that division keeps everybody interested. Saints as well, um, across the board, and uh, you know you got to have a ticket to win the lotto. So even Panthers fans are saying, well, if we get to the playoffs, and you never know, so we, we will see how it all transpires. I'm fascinated by a couple of things there. I mean, Brian, you rightly called out the Detroit defense. I mean, even that game against the Bills, which they lost, and the Bills only put 28 up on them, as we said, for a little bit of better time management at the end of the first half, the end of the game there in that Thanksgiving game, it could have been theirs. And it was the first time we saw a really competitive, it felt like a really competitive, down-to-the-wire Thanksgiving game in Detroit for a long time. And not just the Giants. They held the Jags to 14 points as they hockeyed them a few weeks ago. They held Minnesota to only 23 points in their offense as they won that game. Um, and I think under 20 points last week as well. So that defense has been clicking entirely. And Column Amun Ra, of course, the supreme deity in the Egyptian uh, religion. Uh, fused with Ra who was the sun god but Amun was actually the supreme deity some people overlook um, his uh, father gave him that name I believe because uh, his uh consciousness of African culture etc but what a great combination and he is going to be a talented and b very motivated as you rightly call out by any slight that he can take advantage of and that fusion just like his name is a fusion Will uh undoubtedly power uh, this Lions team at the weekend as well. I mean, you know, you could make an argument Jared Goff is overdue throwing a game away um because he's always usually good for one or two of them, and he hasn't been. He's been one of the 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 good news stories and the the kind of the bounce back seasons. Um if we talk about comeback player of the year, you could make an argument he's up there considering how low he was last year, but we all know. That's going to Geno Smith, or maybe, Brian, I know there's some betting angles on this, but maybe Christian McCaffrey is in, in the mix as well. We'll come to that later on. Um, for me, I'm going with Detroit. I know a few Lions fans are absolutely buzzing about what Dan Campbell's building up there um, and how they're evol- evolving. Maybe it's not going to be this season, but they've got a run uh, and a chance at that wild card, and they are going to go to town and try to run it in. So is that that's a full house? Has the curse been duly applied? That's ah, all right. It's all right. Amun Ra will reverse curse with his uh, Egyptian name, so it's okay. Uh, now, next games, we a couple of magicians for sure. Uh, these guys happen to be magicians with the football, however.
1: First is. Mark, you you have turned into a Dalek on Christmas. Uh, we know that uh, the BBC loved to run a Doctor Who special, and it would appear to have arrived early to Mark Copeland. As uh, I have my reindeer antl- antlers, and Mark has uh, turned into a Dalek. Can you hear us, Mark? No, he he is uh, fully, fully frozen uh, there. Um, We are just a couple of years on from being unable to avoid those frozen songs. But maybe maybe Mark has thought out now.
2: I don't believe so. I think he was calling out, Colin, and I think we'll we'll pull Mark back in in a second. Um, I think he was calling out. He was leading into... um, the uh, the Bills game, which is... Oh, he's back. He's back.
0: Exterminate. Exterminate. Um... <laughs> the, the joys of live shows, huh? Eh? <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I was just calling out Josh Allen being a magician. Chris Angel is where I was going with uh, in comparison. Uh, a good-looking guy who can do it all in terms of close-up or... Um, uh, more spectacular feats, in the same way josh allen can do it with his feet or do it with his arm brian i was going to come to you to break down this game and give us your thoughts on uh you know josh allen's forms but also obviously justin fields who can definitely do it with his feet maybe less proven still with his arm
2: sub-zero temperatures wind chills and gusts of up to 40 miles an hour are the uh, forecast for this game it's going to be a common team throughout the course of this weekend um look i i do like justin fields i probably come across as i don't I, I did say on the show on monday that he only threw for 91 yards last weekend i'm just making the point can't continue running the guy he'll get injured look at Lamar Jackson at the moment he can't continue to stay healthy every year a lot of that's down to the fact that he's a running quarterback They need to find players and allow him, and they need to find an offensive line. Because Colin rightly called out on Monday, you know, there's a couple of statues in front of him there, which isn't helping the situation. It'll be helped this weekend by Khalil Herbert coming back. He's a really significant running back for him. I know Montgomery gets a lot of the the talk, but when he's played this season, they were averaging 31 points. The drop-off, since he was injured, 18 points a game. He's a big player. He will relieve the pressure on this Bears team, I think. And in a game where the weather will be so, adverse and the throwing conditions might be difficult for both quarterbacks, even even Josh Allen in this instance. It'll be great to have a two-headed monster that the Bears can rely on to run to go up and down the field. Every game which the Bears have played at home, uh, with the exception of one game this season, they've kept it within a score. They have played really well, but unfortunately keep coming out of the, of the the wrong side of the results, which Bears fans are probably liking at the moment because they want that second pick. Come April, for the Bills, it's continuous. The are. they have played in difficult weather recently. We saw that in the Jets game. We saw it last Saturday. I felt they got away with one last Saturday against the against the uh, Dolphins. I thought the Dolphins were a better team and more deserving of the, of the result on the night. But uh, the Bills have to win to maintain this number one seed. I'm gonna go with the Bears to cause an upset in this game. I think the Bears have been playing really well um, at home. They've been like even last week's game the Eagles didn't play to the standard we've seen and they, they held their own and if teams could have been in a different way I think the Bears are due a bit of luck. We saw in week one when they played the 49ers, who are arguably the second best team in the NFC. It was, the weather was terrible, miserable, heavy rain. They found a way to win. In a game where the difficult conditions this weekend, I just have a, a sneak that the Bears are going to call a shot. Column called out last week, I believe, that we all just assume these teams are going to beat these teams, you know, in terms of who's going to be the AFC 1-2 seed. We saw the Chiefs last week nearly get turned over. We saw the week before with the Texans and the Cowboys. So... Why not? I think the Bears will put up a performance and win this game on Sunday. Big shock. Uh,
0: little, little Tim coming with the Christmas miracle. Uh, Kirstie O'Brien O'Leary there. Um, Christmas carol uh, coming to fruition. Column, are you equally in the Christmas spirit towards the city of Chicago?
1: I'm, I'm a big uh, fan of Justin Fields, and I think this is where Mr. O'Leary and I disagree. I think he, pocket passers can get just as injured. Ryan Tannehill, uh, his season is over. Uh, Kenny Pickett, uh, Colt McCoy. Uh, Colt McCoy is not a, a Russian QB. Some people may question why Colt is still uh, in the league at this point, but Colt is now out. I, I think that injuries can can happen um and i think as as long as fields can continue to do that let's enjoy watching it because it was phenomenal that uh touchdown that ultimately got called back last week because he stepped out of bounds was one of the more uh kind of scintillating runs and one of the most exciting moments of the the day and we've said it repeatedly for the bears uh, it was all about finding out uh you know was he the guy yes he's the guy scoring points and then putting the, the pieces around him. The Brennan Bren is, I mean, I, I don't think it'd be a, an enormous shock because the Bears have been doing well. They traditionally do well in cold weather games. And their um, current head coach played in one of the coldest games I think when the Cowboys went there in 2013. I talked about that this week. Uh, so to me... Um, Though the, the Bills, Josh Allen is on a mission and he just seems to, you know, want to, to right the wrongs of la, uh, last year uh, and even sometimes sometimes his, his own play. Now, the elbow injury, and uh, I talked to Catherine Fitzpatrick, who co- or Fitzpatrick, Fitzgerald, uh, who covers the, the Bills earlier this week, and Allen was – uh, limited for the first time uh, earlier this week. So that is something to, to keep an eye on. And certainly losing Von Miller, I think, is is an enormous loss. Not just because everyone knows about Von as a pass rusher, and ultimately that's why he gets paid and that's why he'll go into the hole. Uh, but Vaughn sets the edge, and Vaughn is an incredible run defender also. He can do it all. And I think losing Vaughn has taken that. they ha- You've been able to, to run over them in, in ways that you couldn't previously. I just don't think the, the Bears have what the Dolphins had, but I do think that the Bills, you know, come the, the playoffs, that that would be a concern, uh, both their ability to run the ball and their ability to defend the run. I I think they will have enough. I'm going to say that the, the Bills uh, get the, the victory, but I, I think this will probably be maybe closer than some people expect, and I think lower scoring than maybe people expect. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a sort of a kind of a 14-11 type game.
0: Well, count me most people then because I don't think it's going to be close and I don't think the Bears are going to win either um, is the stupefy spell been applied to Brian O'Leary the Bills are on a five game winning streak the Bears do not have a win in their last seven games and I say that, that some of that is relevant because the Bills are what we call a good team the, Bill, the Bears are what we call a bad team and yes they have shown green shoot it has been fantastic to see them use justin fields correctly i actually agree with some of their moves in the trades they've done that they were criticized for in terms of trying to build it up but it's building it up for the future and of course uh the new team there needs a bit more time to be able to build that up they need to build up at the lines more significantly and colin your points about von miller are absolutely relevant i mean how he sets the edge is critical Uh, and what he's performed on during the years and is very relevant. But let's face it, the next layer of that Bills defense, and don't get me wrong, they want people to get healthy. They've been suffering with injuries on the defense all season long, and they've still been at a reasonably high level. So they can take it up another notch. Is Justin Fields a threat? Of course he is. Do I, however, expect the Bills to win this by more than one score? Absolutely in relation to it. And we talked a little bit about teams with something on the line, as you'll see at the bottom of your screen, like the Bills will clinch the AFC East uh, with a win and a Dolphins loss versus the Packers. Yeah, not so sure about the second part of that. But they do have clinching potential, and Brian, you rightly called out. They want to keep winning to keep that advantage in that number one seed with that very precious single buy that exists over the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, with the tiebreaker that they currently hold, of course. So count me in on the Bills. We have a two-one split. Um, Brian Lone Wolf it for the Bears. Bears fans will, you know, sing your praises. Uh, heaven in the highest. Uh, we're coming into the Christmas season. Yeah, we we should have done favorite Christmas songs as well, guys. So I want to hear. I want to hear some of them. If you can work in Last Christmas in any way, uh, for example, or All I Want for Christmas Is You. Um, you get a 1,000 Irish NFL points. Um, challenge to people with their comments as well. Any comments with a decent Christmas song or pun will definitely, guaranteed, get read out. So, And we'll come to your comments in, in just a moment. We're going to cover one more game, and it's the second part of the Magician series, if you like. This one's the Seahawks at the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, the David Copperfield of the NFL, if you will. No one does it bigger or grander or more robust than Patrick Mahomes. Left-handed, underhanded, no-looking. Um, there quite simply is no spectacle that he will not uh, try to achieve and get over. Um, Geno Smith, I mentioned earlier about potential comeback player of the year. Brian, you might touch on that in due course. But the Seahawks have been sliding. This would be an upset if they can put it off. But I think it's fair to say, column, that the Chiefs, they've been stuttering of late. Although I did get, when I say the Seahawks might pull off an upset, I'm making it sound like it's a tight line. Uh, a friend of mine who's a Seahawks fan uh, got the Seahawks plus 15 and a half points earlier in the week. So basically, I don't know if the line's there at the moment, but that's what he got in the US. Um, basically, column, I know you love gambling so much. If the Seahawks lost... By 15 points or less, he wins his bet. They would have to lose by 16 points or more for him to lose his bet. That seems like a very high line. But you can talk about your love of gambling if you like, Colin, or you can talk about the game. Your choice. I'll give you the option, mate. It's Christmas after all.
1: There, i finally off, finally off uh, mute. It wouldn't, uh, wouldn't click in for me. Um, this one is a very... Um, like, it's it, Andy Reid going up against Pete Carroll, uh, two uh, kind of legendary uh, coaches. And I've already um, made my uh, apologies to Pete about... He got it right about Russ, et cetera, et cetera. Though I did see uh, a video uh, earlier today which summed up uh, Pete Carroll, it was uh, from, I don't know if anyone out there has seen it, but a video from 1992, way back when he was uh, the defensive coordinator uh, for the Jets. And in a game against the Dolphins, um, the Dolphins kicker, Stoyanovich missed uh, with two minutes to go, and Pete is loving it on the sideline, making the choke symbol and absolutely laughing it up. Unfortunately, there was still enough time left uh, for the Dolphins to kick the winning field goal and win by two points. So Pete has always been Pete, and nothing uh, will ever change. Uh, I, I. Look, for the uh, Chiefs, there are huge issues on the defense. I really, really think that that they have to get things sorted out to to go deep in the playoffs. Um, But they have Andy Reid and they have Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, despite, you know, yeah, he has Kelsey. um, But his wide receivers, I mean, MVS, Really, would you you say he's juju? They're they're not reliable. And yet Patrick Mahomes is the most passing yards in the entirety of the NFL. Um, The the biggest issue, I think, for the Chiefs are the defense and complacency uh, because they really have an awful tendency to switch off uh, when things are uh, too, you know, um, they feel that it's it's too easy or they've underestimated an opponent. I think a couple of um, kind of near misses um, should wake them up and they should uh, win. But if they play it, it at all like they played against the Broncos or the Seahawks, Pete Carroll or the Texans. Pete Carroll and the Seahawks will be nowhere near as forgiving, and they will take advantage of it, and uh, it could be where we finally see Kenneth Walker, who started off so brightly, had a mini-slump. Maybe this is the game where he finds form, but I'm going to I'm going to go with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes.
2: A column rightly calls out the struggles of this Chiefs defense. We've seen it over the past few weeks in Denver, last week with the Texans. I think there's a big bonus for them is the fact that Tyler Lockett is out. He's had an operation on his wrist. Uh, he's ruled out. not sure when he's coming back. Um, that's a big loss because in a way then, their wide receiver core becomes a little bit one-dimensional. Um, Godwin, uh, he, he's he been around the league. He, he had a reasonably good start this season. He's kind of tailed off a little bit. So they're very much relying on Metcalf. He's had 79 catches for six touchdowns this year. He's their marquee wide receiver. But in a position where he essentially is the main man now and the Chiefs know they can you know they double double them. what's the alternative they've got two tight ends in fant and disley who again have started the season well but they've kind of regressed that F- is still playing reasonably well i struggle to see how this chiefs team can't put up bearing in mind how this uh, defense for the seahawks have been playing recently where we saw in the game in carolina we saw last weekend in the game um against sorry against the 49ers on thursday night and how Brock Porter went up and down the field at times on them I can't see how they can continue, you know, put up the points they only need to to beat the Chiefs. And one bright spot for the Chiefs over the past few weeks, despite the struggles, is the own game. The rookie running back really starting to settle down, having good games. And, and McKinnon, who's always there, doesn't get a lot of the, the coverage. He's had some really good, strong games of late. So on McCollum, the Chiefs win this game to go to twelve wins, which would be the fifth time, fifth straight year. It's the third longest um toward language in the nfl history it's, it's significant and kelsey needs five five catches to have 800 catches in his career i imagine come the end of this game he would have found those five catches possibly in a couple of touchdowns so i think the chiefs will win this game i think this is going to be one of the more comfortable wins that we've seen this weekend bearing in mind how the chiefs have played recently i think will rebound this weekend
0: yeah uh their rookie pacheco which is just such a cool name, I think. I mean, it feels like he should be scoring the winning goal for Mexico or Argentina in a soccer game, but like, I can just see the call cool of him running for a touchdown. And
2: Pacheco, it's it's great. But, it's great. But, it was, butler bubbly, no.
0: Butler bubbly, really? yeah. Oh, yeah okay, go there. or carver at least, sparkling carver. We'll give you that. Um, but yeah, I. I, I, I love, I don't think the line should be where my friend apparently got the odds on, um, but it is difficult to see. The Seahawks have definitely been struggling the last while, but Column, you rightly called out the Chiefs' performance the last few weeks in some games they should win has not been great. I am backing them, however, to right the ship a little bit more. They've been too consistent and too good, not just in other seasons, but in this season to let that linger and continue. Um, And look, a home game against the 29th ranked defense in the league. 29th in scoring, 29th overall in uh, yards allowed for the number one ranked offense in yards scored, in passing offense, in points scored. This should be the mismatch it is suggesting um, in relation to uh, the the performance, and do you know what? If the sea, C- if this was the Seahawks of earlier in the season, I think I'd have a little bit more pause and a bit more uh, caution in relation to it. And the Seahawks cornerbacks have played well, but the last few weeks there's been a bit of a decline. I'm backing the but uh, the Bucks, the Chiefs, more to write the ship, much more so than the Seahawks will write the ship. Um, So I will go with the uh, Chiefs. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I nearly said Seahawks there at the end, just to confuse people. Uh, I will go with the Chiefs this weekend to continue their reign. And like you say, Brian, they're selling new records left, right and center. The seven division titles nearly uh, mirroring the Los Angeles Rams and only behind the uh, New England Patriots for consecutive division titles. And this week, obviously, the twelve wins in a row going up. Uh, I think the Colts and the Pats are the two that are ahead of them. So that will be good. And
1: of course, Mark, 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 there with that comment. You were just referring to the fact that it is uh, Jesus's birthday on Sunday, and that that listeners is what Mark was referring to.
0: Okay, what did I? S- I don't even know what I said there. Okay, I'm going to listen back to this and then wonder and worry. Um, but uh, in, in the meantime, Brian, uh, Colin in there with the Christmas
2: reference. Any Christmas um, connotations coming in in the comments? I knew when you asked for this to be one man that would be immediately jumping in, and lo and behold, he hasn't let us down. Fred, driving home from Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a long drive for Fred driving home from Dallas to get here, he might want to hop on a plane as well, Um, one referring to comeback player of the year, um, Owen Horney called it out, uh, Goff is potentially in the running, for comeback player you touched on McCaffrey we might even have a, a brief conversation about the uh, end yeah, I uh, I mentioned I mentioned
0: Goff earlier on Um, as an option in that, I think it's going to be hard to look past Geno Smith because they tend to give it to people who are coming back more from serious injuries but absolutely I, I think he should be in the running
2: We'll just see if any more Christmas referrals come in and um, fairy tale in New York could be in there. Bear in mind the uh, the season in which the giants are having And so I think that's the next game, Mark. I'll, I'll hand it off to you there,
0: absolutely, uh, absolutely, Brian. Um, the the Christmas miracles, it's not the Christmas miracles, it's the yearly miracles have been going around, uh, in this regard. We haven't had to wait for Christmas because the giants have come back to life, Brian. Um, uh, they have truly. Risen. I know that's an Easter reference, Risen from the Dead after three days. They've risen this year under the new leadership being driven by Joe Schoen and Brian Dayball. And only recently, the Vikings participated in the greatest, sorry, let me correct myself, the largest miracle comeback of all time. The greatest, of course, was the Patriots in a certain Super Bowl from 28-3 down. Um, strangely, the same quarterback was involved on the other side of both of those occasions. Uh, but the Vikings, uh, truly rose in a Christmas miracle fashion, still maintain destiny, at least of that second seed, which, okay, you don't get the buy, but you do control at least home field advantage if you win on Wild wildcard weekend for the divisional playoff round. So it is critical in terms of your positioning in that t- scenario. Brian, I'll start with you because I know you've probably analyzed this game for about 29 hours each day for the last three days. Um, but both teams really need to win this. Like, let's be clear the Vikings need to win it, as I said, for the second seed. But the Giants need to win just to make sure and secure that postseason berth. As you rightly have up on the ticket here, they will get there and can get there this weekend if they win. And you get two losses from Lions Commanders and the Seahawks. And we're already all predicting the Seahawks will lose.
2: Yeah, and the Commanders go to, to San Fran, well, to Santa Clara to play the 49ers. So there is a, a real opportunity here for the Giants going into this game. Look, this Vikings team are having a fantastic season. Kevin O'Connell, Harry Styles, as, as Wink Martindale called them, bear in mind Harry, Harry Styles and... He well he's thirty seven years of age he's going up against a fifty nine year old defensive coordinator who calls himself the blue collar guy. So it'll be interesting to see how they compete against one another. Bearing in mind Kevin O'Connell is a play caller. Well, his play calling last week in the first half was erratic, shall we say. He did twenty six yards of offense, caught call him called it on Monday. They couldn't get out of their way in the first half. The amount of, you know, bad decisions between special teams and pick sixes and then in the second half four hundred sixty yards of offense and. You know, a crazy second half game, in which they come back and essentially the first half has been forgotten about, which is maybe lost in the craziness of what you've discussed there around the, the largest comeback in history. But you're right; they do have to win the game. I mean, Monday's or sorry, Sunday night football's result in terms of the Giants winning was massive. Uh, the Giants' defense really stepped up, and as we touched on, on Monday, to see Kayvon Thibodeau essentially getting better and improving game by game, and we saw. Um, on Sunday. What was really evident in Sunday's performance defensively was it's the f- this is the first time, second time this season that they've actually had a structure in terms of the four marquee players on the on the front seven playing and it was a real, you could see immediately how effective and how it allowed Thibodeau to be in a position to go after the quarterback consistently throughout the game. And I think they can get a Cousins, I think there's uh, opportunity there. And Cousins is under pressure, we see him make difficult decisions, you know, p- he chose interceptions and needless passes, So I can see. Again, a, a strategy how the Giants can remain in the game, which again is effective running from Saquon Barkley, allowed Daniel Jones to be protected and have methodical drive, something similar to what we saw with a 97-yard drive, eight minutes off the clock on Sunday night. But will it be enough? I don't think so. I think, bearing in mind the players in which the Vikings have, in, in particular Justin Jefferson and Thielen, and where, where the Giants' secondary is at the moment, it wasn't really exposed on Sunday night football, but I believe over the course of four quarters, I think the Vikings will do enough, but the only thing with the, with the Giants, if they can remain in the game with six or seven minutes to go and they have an opportunity to win, who knows. Bearing in mind what the Vikings have done at home this season, and Michael Lombardi this week on his podcast was hilarious, he referred to Kevin O'Connell if he ever makes a trip out to Vegas, the, the, the book, the they will immediately close the doors in every every single casino because he's the luckiest head coach in the league at the moment because he just finds ways to win all these games at home. So maybe the luck will change on Sunday, but I, I just think the Vikings will have too much offensively um, to beat... For the, for the Giants, and the Giants will do it yep. make the playoffs, but it won't be this weekend.
0: Yeah, he's definitely been playing the roulette table column with the, the Bills game uh, as a prime example. Obviously, last week's game, even the game you wrapped Thanksgiving, the Patriots, and the overturned Hunter Henry uh, touchdown catch. Um, who knows? Is it is it going to be uh, um, jug, juggling the dice or dealing the cards for uh, Kevin O'Connell again this weekend?
1: Yeah, I think the, is it the, um, I can't remember if it was two or six, uh, plus two or six um, points in terms of differential that the Vikings are, and yet uh, they uh, sit at 11 and uh, three. Uh, Mark, I suppose in terms of uh, you were looking for for Christmas songs, well, uh, for the Giants, uh, to me, Chuck Berry released run Rudolph run in 1958. It is, if the Jets are going to win this, it's going to be run Saquon run. Um, but the beach boys uh, just a few years later released little St. Nick. And surely for the Vikings, it will be little St. Kirk. And we also have the mini Kirk on the sidelines. If people have seen that, um, they, they, uh, they appear to uh, to be making as much as they can. They are they're enjoying their 15 minutes of fame. But as long as the Vikings keep winning, I think that will uh, continue uh, there. I, like, the Vikings make no sense. They make no sense whatsoever. Um, but sometimes that can just happen in in a season. Uh, Leicester made no sense the year they they won the the title, but they, they went uh, and did it. Uh, Greece made no sense when they won the Euros. Denmark made less sense again back in 92. And I just, for, they, they have, yeah, they will allow yards. Yeah, they will allow points. But you always have to worry about Justin Jefferson. And you, so you, you try and take him out of the game, but then Adam Thielen shows up. Um, and then they, in Ham and in Dalvin Cook, um, and, uh, they have ways to, to run the ball So So um, I think this will probably be a, a close game. Uh, but ultimately, I am going to say that Kevin O'Connell and Kirk Cousins moved to 12 wins on the year.
0: The Giants, okay, are going to have to hope that uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau and that defensive line can get to Kirk Cousins and truly In the words of the Spice Girls for their Christmas number one, have two become one uh, and uh, uh, meet him there in the backfield. Um, we could. I was trying to think of how to work in. E seventeen. Stay another day. You know, classic early 90s stuff here, guys. We're going for, but. The reality is, we're talking about teams coming across a little bit of a stutter in recent weeks. The Giants were, Brian, they were fall, not falling apart, but they were coming down off the high of the performance. Saquon looked, he was tired and run down. Daniel Jones wasn't making the clutch plays that he had been earlier in the season. And then last week, the bounce back went against the Commanders, and I know you called it, Um Including the the little jibes when we made our picks on on WhatsApp, and you kind of called out, said, "Geez, that's a funny way to spell giants." Uh, when I had selected the Commanders, which I did appreciate, um, but you start to wonder—is like, okay, is that their recovery? I mean, column, I said it earlier in the season. I say it every season, I'm going to keep saying it. Please, people, for the love of God, never ever bet on two teams in the NFL. The Cowboys are one. The Minnesota Vikings are the other. They defy logic this year in some of the games they've won. In the games they've lost, they've been absolutely annihilated pretty much. So they've never necessarily been in doubt. And it would not surprise me if the Giants overturned them. But with the way it's going, with the roll of the dice, with the extra card... Um, they they pull out Kirk Cousins reminds me a little bit of you know, his famous uh do you like that? Do you like that? I mean, he's clearly the Paul Daniels. Uh, you're gonna like this, not a lot, but you'll like it, uh, kind of approach. Uh, a little bit cheesy, a little bit passe, but he still manages for the most part to get the job done in a very average way. He's gonna get the job done this weekend, they're gonna move to 12 wins. We're still going to wonder how the hell they're on 12 wins. I agree with Michael Lombardi that Kevin O'Connell has rabbit's feet decorated around with four leaf clovers and everything. Um, he is running a lucky run, but you sometimes need luck as well. So, Brian, I'm afraid we're going with the Giants here, as, uh, so going with the Vikings here as well to take this game. Do you have anything else on it, Brian? I know you've, you, as I said, you've got all the angles on it
2: yeah now one interesting quote and again i don't know if kevin o'connell is just trying to play tricks with the, the media and i'm testing the giants uh, um staff but he, he said a number of times this week he's considering taking down the snap count for a number of players because he's obviously conscious that they're going to be in the playoffs and obviously there's bigger games to come so one player in particular who had a really good game last week osborne the wide receiver um he's starting to kind of get more traction more uh reps and maybe he's the player that is, is one to consider for sunday as opposed to the the big guys such as Thielen and and Jefferson doing all doing all the magic. We saw him score a touchdown early on, which led to the comeback last week. Um it'd be interesting to see if he follows through on that. I, I think it's too early in, in the process to be considering reducing workloads for players, bearing in mind if they don't get that number two see it. Inevitably they'll probably end up in San Fran or Santa Clara, sorry, for the, because they would leapfrog them into the second and you don't want to go on the road. You know, as you said, it's really crucial they get the, the Wild card game and the divisional game at home. You're saying about the uh, E seventeen stay another day, but well, maybe I think it's wait another day for the Giants because it might be a week, a week down the road before they secure that playoff spot when they play the Colts at home, um, more so than this weekend. But um, it'll be I imagine it'll be a really close game.
0: Nicely done, Brian. We'll save the Parker White winter coats for another week then as well. And actually, Osborne coming on would be great because given four, you know, more meaningful threats. Obviously, Jefferson is key, Thielen, Harkerson, who they traded for and Osborne because an underrated story this season is Dalvin Cook is not producing the way he was in terms of yards after contact, yards after contact. You've like all the more advanced run metrics Dalvin Cook is not producing in the run game as he was. I see columns eyes light up at that one. We will debate the, the pros, cons, whys and maybes of Dalvin Cook another day. Uh, potentially after he goes off for 200 yards against the Giants defense and makes me look really stupid, but we need to get through a few of these games. So let's do a bit more of a quick fire. One person analyze the games. The other two, just give a quick one word answer. One word, Brian, one word. First of all, saints at the Browns column over to you, sir.
1: Yeah, a game that's gonna take another one of those cold, cold weather games, and uh, probably if, if it was the other way around, I might feel a little bit differently. But ultimately, Mark, uh, we hear of the little drummer boy a lot at this time of year. It will be the little runner boy because Nick Chubb is going to play. The foot injury is not going to uh, prevent him from playing. And he will be the difference between these two teams. I have the Browns winning it. And uh, the Saints will have some decisions to make in the offseason as to what they do. Uh, at QB and at head coach.
2: We call them Browns.
0: Saints. Okay. Moving on. Brian, the Texans at the Titans.
2: Yeah, Malik Willis is going to start. Obviously, you touched on earlier, Tannehill, you know, is the pocket passer. He's injured. He's We saw the injury last weekend in LA against the... Uh, chargers and he's not going to play Malik Willis actually, first game was against against the Texans where he did very little because he didn't have to because Derek Henry ran for 229 yards in that game and two touchdowns he's ran for 200 yards and plus, plus 200 yards five games in a row against the Texans and whilst the Texans have been playing really well the Titans have to get this game I mean the fact that they've lost four in a row they're still hanging on to the division lead even if they lose this game and they lose next week as long as they beat the Jags in week 17 they win the division So, but again, they'll try and win this, put the pressure on the Jags, who obviously will know by tomorrow morning what the result is of their game. They played each other. It wasn't even close. The score doesn't reflect the game. Recently, 17-10, there was a garbage time touchdown. Texans are missing players. There's a lot of players there. And the most significant player out for me is Damian Pierce. He's been ruled out with a foot injury. He's the guy everything goes through in that offense. And I see a difficult day for the Texans on the road. Titans to bounce back after four losses.
0: Titans. Titans. With some reservations, but Titans. Okay. Um, I've been given the joy, the distinct pleasure and honor of talking about the Broncos at the Rams on Christmas Day. Um, In thinking about Christmas songs, I could reference Gary Jules being at number one with Mad World, Um, but I'll go back even older than that. And number one uh, way back in the early 80s, was the Human League with Don't You Want Me Baby. And the resounding answer of most NFL fans to this Christmas Day matchup is no, we really, really don't. One of the most prime time games. The only thing I can say is for a European audience, they've been very kind to us because you have no fear that in having too much Christmas dinner, getting a bit comfortable in the chair and falling asleep and missing this game, which is going to kick off at half nine uh, our time, followed by the, the... four-wing Cardinals at the box, shall I say, for the really late game, you're not going to miss too much. Like, I can promise you that. In the Broncos or the Rams, you're not going to miss too much. Russell Wilson will come back, uh, um, having rested even though he cleared concussion po- protocol last week. Um, the Rams... Obviously, they've come out with some surprising results in the last while and performed a little bit better than people might have expected, albeit that they have so much of their stars on IR um, that it's a very much a lost season for them, something that they were obviously hoping. The Super Bowl ch- defending champions are coming with the worst season ever of a Super Bowl defending champion of all time. Again, start the season, you can understand the NFL and the schedule is kind of going christmas day captive audience let's get the best primetime game super winners russell wilson going into denver box office primetime bish bash bosh everyone's gonna love it um yeah maybe less so now i would like to say you know who cares as my answer to who's gonna win this game but i'm not gonna be that mean i am going to say that the broncos are going to win this game their defense is still so so good and Russell Wilson with a bit of rest. Hopefully his injuries have have improved and gets into a bit more rhythm. So I'll go with the Broncos to win. Broncos. Broncos for Colin. Brian? Broncos. Okay. Well, gentlemen, uh, we will keep this train going. I feel like this should be a... a, a, um, quick fire game as well but i don't want to do a disservice to the cincinnati Bengals. you have um, there's, there's the the Bucks game as well uh, oh ju- bugger yes there is sorry colin thank you um the, we have to talk about that one as well this is the second half of the uh sleeping christmas day you won't miss much of the box well the i
1: Ahead, I think we can. Uh, for me, the cards are uh, the, the, the Rams are in a bad situation and they have a lot to figure out. The cards are in a, in a worse situation. Uh, they're lying about their GM, uh, their head coach, and the defensive coordinator come out and are like taken by surprise in interviews, uh, wish him well in his future endeavors. Hang on, guys, I thought he was sick. Don't know what's going on in the cards. They're down to their third uh, string QB. Uh, it really couldn't get much worse. They absolutely need to clean house, and the sooner they they do it, the the better. Whoever they are playing um, should beat them. Uh, Tom Brady gets lucky once again. Truly born under a lucky star, like somebody else, uh, you know. Um, so to me, it is indeed the books.
2: You are talking about cards, well, and Colm has summed up this cards to him well, well. There's a joker in the pack, and he's the owner, because he, he signed off on that contract for Coyle Murray last summer, and that's going to be, unfortunately, for the next head coach, because I don't believe Kingsbury will be there next season. It's a difficult one, whether well, they really want to work with that guy. Um, Yeah, Colm right. The Bucs are not playing well, but they're forcing They're landing into this game. Um, No adverse weather conditions. Arizona, late game, Brady. Bucs win. Hang on to that division mid.
0: Uh it's down in Arizona, so University of Phoenix Stadium. He's played a few games there before. One turned out pretty, pretty, pretty good. One turned out not so good. Uh, as Brian well remembers. Uh McSorley is the starting quarterback. Unfortunately for McSorley, I feel he's going to be playing McPoorley, and I do not rate uh his ability and the card's ability um to to play. it, it even feels like in recent weeks, I mean, a lot of their players are. Not loving the regime there generally, and I fully concur if Kingsbury will not be there next season. Um, uh, and of course, he could be McSorley as, as well uh, if he gets sacked by Devin White, Levante David, etc. etc. on that box defense, who, in fairness, have been keeping the box in games, even though they've been playing an exceptional amount of minutes and time of possession. Um, yes, Colin, Tom Brady. Is lucky. He's lucky with the run-in he's got this season. And the Bucks. I still say, will win and continue to limp to that NFC South title. Now, I was getting ahead of myself, and you're right to pull me back into that game. Thank you, sir. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself because so I was moving on to a game I wanted to almost skip by personally. Um, if we can avoid any mention to Las Vegas... Uh, The Raiders, laterals, throwing the ball generally, I'd really appreciate it um, because it's still a sensitive matter. But I do want to do fair justice to the Cincinnati Bengals who, coming off a Super Bowl losing season and a poor start to the year, have definitely bounced back with a vengeance. The offensive line is clicking. Joe Burrow is clicking. Jamar Chase is back healthy. And they will go to visit the uh, uh, upset, shall we say, rather sore New England Patriots uh, who are scrambling really to try and stay in the wild card spot and not a great place for them to come out against this hungry Bengals side. Um, I'm not in the Christmas cheer to give too many Christmas references to this. Uh, Brian, I'll start with you, mate, maybe to throw uh, a bit of light on this, uh, illuminate this game.
2: This Patriots team is, we don't know what we're getting. They are so inconsistent. We spoke on Monday show about what been mass and that crazy ending is how up and down the offense was. You know, they did very little in the first half, came out in the second half. I was looking at bits and pieces of, of the stats for the season. Like they've been in the red zone um, 37 times and they've only scored for touchdowns of 14 drives. So they're struggling in the red zone. We've seen, in, even in the Jets game, they were methodical, they were moving the ball really well, getting to critical situations can't get into the end zone and it's left them in in a difficult situation and we've seen Matt Jones get a bit frustrated on the sideline. Their secondary, from a defensive perspective, their secondary has been really good, really strong secondary, only allowed 202 yards, they're holding teams down in terms of not giving away too many touchdowns. But you're going up against this team in the Bengals who have won six in a row, Joe Burrow is on fire, he's probably playing better than he was at this stage last season. And the Patriots have lost three of the last four. The momentum is with the Bengals. This game really kinda of reminds me of last week's game. Even the line is reflective. It's three and a half point handicap for the Bengals. It was three and a half points last week. And I just don't see how the Patriots, bearing in mind the difficulty which they've had on offence, can live with a Bengals team. That I can only see putting up huge points in this game in terms of the numbers for offence and you know, I see them getting into the torties on this Patriots defence as well as the Patriots defence has played, and I just don't see how the Patriots can can live and go toe to toe with the Bengals team that are only going in one direction and uh, I think that's about it I think the Pats have beaten them the last four times in Gillette they're actually 4-0 against the Bengals in Gillette I think that's, that streak is finally going to come to an end on Sunday I think the Bengals win and put themselves in the position to be in the playoffs depending on tonight's result with the Jets
0: Alright Colin Brian's being the Grinch come on give me give me some Christmas good hope and cheer please
1: uh, there, there'll be plenty of Christmas cheer uh, for the Bengals. They will be walking in uh, winter borough land because Joe Burrow is exceptional. He is a gifted quarterback playing at the peak of his powers. And and they have an angry uh, defender because if Amarons said Brown was snubbed, DJ Reader, my goodness! How did DJ Reader not get a Pro Bowl? Or not he has, he's unbelievable. He his run stopping ability. He is a one man machine, um, and uh, to me, uh, for that, for those reasons, the fact that they are playing at such a high level now. Of Bill Belichick, I'm sure will look to to slow that down. But they have, they've just so many options, and Burrow is just so good. Um, and uh, I think despite the fact that they are two of them at it, it's going to be a lonely Christmas in the OC room in New England.
0: Uh, an underrated thing, I meant to call it out last Monday when we were talking about the game actually, was that Marcus Jones, that dynamic returner and wide receiver uh, for the one snap, he, well, he's had a few snaps, but the one touchdown he did against the Bills, uh, got a bit exposed uh, in his so-called primary role at cornerback. Jack Jones was out of the game. He was actually in coverage on the fourth and ten play, another play, and then obviously mossed by Keenan Cole on the you know the touchdown that shouldn't have stood because he had stepped out of bounds. Um, so that Patriots defense, which if they keep a team under seventeen points, they were well, if they've kept a team under eighteen points, they've won every game seven and zero. Once they go over eighteen points, they're zero and seven. Pretty easy stat to follow there. Trying to keep this Bengal side to under 17 points would be a stretch. And the only Christmas reference I can come up to is the number one a few years ago, if you remember, in a real contra uh, attempt against the X Factor was Rage Against the Machines, Killing in the Name of, um, whilst not literally, certainly Axing in the Name of, Matt Patricia has been top of mind for a number of pundits during the year. And uh, for many Patriots fans in the last while. Uh, We will wait to see changes at the end of the year, but this game, for me, unfortunately, uh, at least is going to be a very comfortable Bengals win. And so we have a clean sweep, so I can only hope for the power of our reverse curse somehow benefiting my Patriots team. But Bengals all the way on this, stay ahead of the Ravens in that AFC North run. Uh, to the divisional title as well, which is critical for them. Um, now we're going to go to one more game, reasonably quickly, before we come back to your comments. And thank you, everyone, for continuing to engage, throwing your comments, throwing your Christmas songs, bit of crack with us. It's always makes it more enjoyable. Um, come to probably, I would say, the next two games are the most interesting and fascinating games of the entire weekend. We will start, and we'll then cover some comments for the Commanders at the Niners. Both of these teams have something to play for. The Niners, we alluded to it earlier, and the Vikings are really striving for that, um, having already skewed their division, are striving for that number two seed. And the Commanders currently occupy that seventh seed, that loss against the Giants last week, knocking them down the pegging. But they need to keep in the hunt. They need to keep passionately away on this because the Seahawks are sniffing around. The Lions are sniffing around. They are going over to Santa Clara, to Levi Stadium, to face... Uh, the irascible uh, Brock Purdy. I mean, you know, when you have Band-Aid, do they know it's Christmas? Does Brock Purdy know he's a rookie? He had another impressive game in winning against Seattle. No mistakes, consistent, does what he needs to in that offense. It's almost like Jimmy G wasn't necessarily needed, Column, And I know you've made that point once or twice before. Um, how do you see this one going with the Commanders going to visit the Niners?
1: well i mean i uh, i think that the this 49ers defense are the the bullies of the the league um they basically show up and they take your lunch money uh, and then they uh just beat you to a bloody pulp even though you've handed over the goods uh they they are fantastic and they make it uh, uh, you know easy i mean they, look talked about it mark um, on monday's show a little bit that the 49ers have done, I think, what the Colts were trying to do. They have created a system where it really doesn't matter who's at QB. Right. They they have a system there. They have so many weapons. They can just um, and they have Kyle Shanahan, just a, a phenomenal, phenomenal mind. And let's not forget that this is a guy who has lost um, you know, his assistance over the, the past uh, few years because they have been uh, so good and they've gone on else, elsewhere uh, to do quite well. I think ultimately um the for the, the commanders the, you, you saw the limits against the, the Giants and yeah they're gonna point to some refereeing decisions but ultimately they couldn't they couldn't get it done and I think that this 49ers defense is better than the, the Giants defense. Um I you, you heard during the week, um and I the look the commanders put out a great video around the Pro Bowl stuff, but there was kind of that uh, maybe got attention off of the fact that Ron Rivera got asked about making a change at QB. Um, and he said, not at the moment, which wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement. And there's a reason, you know, that obviously they, they went out and made a move in the summer that may have been uh, the owner. And look, I think the off season, we're gonna have to address that again, because that needs to change. Um, but for me, the 49ers continue um, to, uh, to to dominate on the defensive side of things and they get the victory.
2: I took time now to watch our interview with Ron Rivera uh, last February when we were fortunate to, to have his time when we were in LA for the Super Bowl. And he, he was very non-committal in that one last February to, to Taylor Heineken. And what we're seeing from Taylor Heineken now is essentially what we saw last year. A guy that will come in help the team, have players play for him, which is very evident compared to what he had with Carson Wentz. But yeah, he's not he's not gonna be the guy to bring them forward. And I think it's another interesting off season ahead. Another interesting off season ahead for the 49ers, because if Brock Porty continues to play at the level he's been playing in the three games so far, he's thrown for two touchdowns. His his numbers are very good. He looks very composed, uh, even when he's been Put off by difficult uh, hits. He seems to step up. Last week's game, he was he was supposedly injured going into it. Didn't look the case. What happens come the end of the season if he goes on a real strong, um, late playoff push and potentially gets them over the line and into the Super Bowl? Albeit we all recognize it'll probably be the ultimate 14 on his defense, which is wins them the game. He's still going to be the man leading them as quarterback. Anyway, that's for another day. but. It's gonna be a very interesting offseason I look forward to those type of conversations. For this game, the 49ers are coming off ten days' rest. They haven't played on the Thursday. This defence is, is firing on all cylinders. They've won seven games in a row. Uh, you've got a team coming off a Sunday night game, going West Coast. The upheaval of that. The only thing I could see is if they can stop McCaffrey, you know, they, and, and put Brock Porter in a position where he has to throw because they are top ten in terms of run defence. But I just don't see how the 49ers, or sorry, the Commanders' offense can do enough. Like Colm said, going against just just 49ers' defense. It reminds me of guy, You call him something about like having lunch money removed. I remember going to school in town, and a guy walked up to me and said, "What size shoe? What size shoe you're wearing?" And I said, a, "An A." And he goes, "God, if it had been a seven, I would have taken them off your feet." You know, this is the kind of thing we're dealing with here. <laughs> they go in, beat them up. I just call him and said, beat them up again, and then take the Mick out them. So for me, it's a it's a, a very comprehensive win for the for the 49ers.
0: I don't quite know what to do with that story Brian, so I'm just going to just let it let it let it sit there in relation to it. And look, I'm I'm with you. I will say that my preseason Super Bowl pick of the 49ers um is still there or thereabouts. They obviously we know they're going to be in the playoffs, so they're going to have a ticket at the lottery and we'll see how it all pans out. But they're playing uh, quite consistently and conservatively. They're going to be conservative with Brock Purdy at quarterback, but at the same token, they have the playmakers. Kittle has been showing up. Christian McCaffrey, talking about Pro Bowl snubs, could argue that he deserved the spot over Miles Sanders. Sanders maybe had a better season on the ground in places, and the Philadelphia obviously are leading the NFL, but what McCaffrey gives you in the passing game cannot be understated. Um, Overall, yeah, it's a bit more about the, the 49ers. I'm going to focus rather than the commanders because let's face it, that defense for the 49ers has given up a maximum of 17 points in that seven-game win streak. That was even against the Dolphins. Do I think this uh, commander's offense is as dynamic, exciting, capable of dominating a defense like this to the same level? No. Do I therefore still have great belief in with that suffocating defense and enough playmakers on the offense the 49ers will go to an eight-game winning streak. The answer to that is yes. Yes, I do. So the 49ers to keep that momentum up. The commanders will still be there or thereabouts, but Seattle and Detroit fans will rejoice. Giants fans will try to get some more breathing room, and the wild card drama will continue anew after all the Christmas presents have been divvied up. Um, speaking of Christmas presents, Brian, is there anyone any uh, lovely comments or Christmas gifts uh, are worth sharing and discussing? OBJ oh, yeah, in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jerry signed him instead. Fred, we, we thank you for that. Although... Lord Jerry was referring to the fact that it was unlikely uh, during the week in a press interview that he would be signing OBJ at this stage. So we will he's, we will
2: he's, see. He's changing his mind. By the, week by the, the hour. Well, last week he said he was signing them and then during the week he said he wasn't signing them, so I don't know, he's playing silly burgers at this stage. Um that's about the extend to No, no, one from uh, Keith to a baby slippers. Uh I, yeah very oh, so
0: santa movie. baby yeah. yeah two a baby slipper screen to jr tarik for me I very very inventive guys we're loving it loving the the christmas themed tunes uh being presented Anything on the football, Brian? Or is everyone just enjoying the Christmas tunes? Everybody's no, just right.
2: enjoying the Christmas tonight. Hey, it's very, that's just, what you, it's all you, about. You, you set the standard, Mark. You asked for the, for the songs that they're giving to you. you I back. did. They
0: give, they're give they giving us what we want. So, like, I mean, hey, it's all about the Christmas spirit and enjoyment. Look, um, that does bring us, um, and we're going to oh, I have three games to go, guys, and we'll wrap up the other two in a moment. But I think we do need to spend some proper time on, to me, what is the game of the week. Uh, the Eagles at the Cowboys. If the Cowboys have any designs, of course, on the division title, this is an absolute must-win game. Um, But the Eagles obviously have a great clinching scenario in this regard because they can, of course, clinch not just their division, but indeed uh, the number one seed as well from the NFC. However, they are not starting with Jalen Hurts. They are going to be starting with a different Sheriff in town altogether, the moustache, the magic. We started with magic. It's Minshew magic column. Gardner Minshew is going to start a quarterback for the Eagles. Can you feel the excitement? Can you feel the love tonight? As Elton John and Tim Rice <laughs> would want you to sing. Um, <laughs> obviously it loses a little bit of its spark on its sprinkle of uh, magic dust because of the change at quarterback but this is still going to be a monumental matchup between these two teams
1: yeah i, I think it will i mean i mean fred, fred is is expecting the cowboys to win by 10. I, i've seen a lot of the consensus seems to be around the cowboys and yeah, okay, they're, they're missing Jalen Hurts, and I'm I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. I've been a fan for a while, but to me, the Eagles still have seven Pro Bowlers going out there uh, against them. And Gardner Mensch was a decent backup. Like uh, up until um, you know Trevor Lawrence took the step that he needed to. You know when you compare the, their stats, like he's not a franchise guy, but he's the absolutely top tier of the backups. And, and I think what may what I haven't seen spoken about enough is um Gardner, uh, Gardner's um, college coach was Mike leach uh you know um and obviously another sad passing a man you know who who went very suddenly um I, I think you saw Gardner gave a eulogy at his uh funeral, you know as funeral as remembrance uh, earlier in the week I think that could be a huge for Gardner is a little bit in some ways, in some ways, like Baker Mayfield. Guys who play better when there's something on the line, where a chip on the shoulder, or where there's a point to prove. Um and, and to me, like there's not going to be any fear for Gardner Menchu going up with you know, even going in against the Cowboys. You know, he, he has done it and he he will want a point to prove. Now for the the Cowboys. We talked about it last week. I I would say Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn. When Micah Parsons made the stupid comments on the Von Miller podcast um, and then came out afterwards and said, oh, I, I said lots of other things. Like, yeah, but you still gave the Eagles all sorts of ammunition. And then you went and he lost to the Jags and deservedly lost to the, to the Jags. The Cowboys are obviously going to be... M- more motivated because they, they need, they need it um, uh, more. Although I, I, I do agree with Fred that even if they get the win, I think that the number one seat is gone. Um, but I just think that this Eagles team are going to be because of Parsons comments, because Gardner has um, his, his college coach uh, that he, he'll want to, you know, prove a point for, I'm going to say that I, I, I disagree with Fred and I disagree with a lot of the other pundits. And I think that the Eagles can go into Jerry's world and they can get a victory.
0: Brian, you love these two teams. Just tell us how much you love each of them and how excited you are to see these two teams continue in their winning ways.
2: Last week's defeat for the Cowboys was monumental. And the reason being, the horse is a sprained shoulder, okay? If this game had, if the Cowboys had have held on to that win last week, 70 in points up, they would be playing one game out of the division lead and with an opportunity to win this game and not only win the game, be the number one seed because they have the tiebreaker over the Vikings at two. So... It's, it's an absolute disaster from the fact he lost this game. Because he would have had the play now this week with the injury. Who knows if he would have been right. And you would see a scenario where the Cowboys would go and win the game. And after such a big season for the Eagles, then to not be the number one seed and not win the division would be an absolute disaster. I agree with Colin. Like, as much as the Gardner minchu storyline this week as you see in the, book, the bookmaker, for example, it was one, minus one point with the Cowboys. As soon as Minchu was confirmed as a starter, it went down to minus six. But they're still playing all their starters elsewhere. Like, they've still got one of the best offensive lines in the league. And people are saying, well, they're relying on the run game, they'll get Sanders and they get uh, Scott involved. I think they'll come out thrown. I think they'll go after this Cowboys secondary. Since Anthony Brown went out for the season, since Jordan Lewis went out injured for, for large parts of the season, and Diggs is great with the interceptions, but, you know, on the back end, he can be exposed. You saw last week, Trevor Lawrence, 503 yards. I know is not that at level. But he's capable to go out with an offensive line that keeps him upright to go and put big numbers up on this on this Cowboys um defense. And offensively, Dak this is a big game for Dak. They're in the playoffs. We know who the, the likelihood they're gonna, gonna play in terms of be the NFC South. But he has to come out and play a really secure game. Like last weekend some of his interceptions were, were really poor, and we saw it against Texans as well We the, the prior to that. They need a big game from him. I'm I'm not bought in on this Cowboys team winning this game easily. I I'm going to pick the Eagles as well. I think the Eagles will do enough to win the game and secure a number one seed. And the people are saying Jalen Hurts won't play for the remainder of the season. That would be a concern for me. You go five weeks before he steps on the field again in a playoff game. And there's a real um, piece around why the Eagles want to win next week as well because they're playing the Saints. And if they beat the Saints next week, they only better their draft position because they have the Saints number one pick come April as well.
0: The wheels within wheels of the story, Brian, the wheels within wheels.
2: Um, Yeah,
0: like this, the Eagles team has not just been Jalen Hurts. I mean, does losing him matter? Of course it does. He's been such a threat, both with his feet as well as some beautiful balls, even just the timing the number one uh, starter has with the starting offence. Uh, is not easily replicated. But Garner I Minshew mean, is one of those characters of the NFL. I mean, the argument that his moustache got its own media deal um, has been proved wrong. But if he suddenly you know, ran out of this game and started singing karaoke, all I want for Christmas is you, so I had to get Mariah in there somewhere, um, it, it wouldn't surprise us. He's a bit of a character, and he is not going to be overruled by the scenario I hadn't realized this college coach was Mike Leach. So, great call out on that column because I think that, you know, that can play into the effect here. But yes, we have an Eagles team that's coming off an amazing, like, recognition during the Pro Bowl. A defense um, that will be loving the idea of them being written off and the whole team being written off in different fashion. I mean, it very much was Mika Parsons kind of channeling Siegfried and Roy, wasn't it, in terms of putting his head in the lion's mouth. At some point, the lion actually does bite you or claw you. And it does have a bit of that feel that, yes, they got clawed last week at a Jacksonville, but maybe that pain is not yet over. I don't know. I, I'm hoping, and I don't think really, that this is just a reaction to last week. I think we all have a little bit of doubt over the Cowboys, a little bit like the doubts we were expressing around the Vikings earlier And I thought I was going to be a lone wolf, but remarkably, we are going to have a clean sweep of it all going for Gardner Minshew to lead the Eagles over the Cowboys in Jerry World. I cannot wait to see what Fred, our resident Dallas Cowboys fan, is going to post up in a comment. Um, Fred, just try to keep it reasonably clean. Reasonably clean is all we ask. Um, but yes, the Eagles, they've been that good. So I will go with the Eagles as well. Gents, two quick games to wrap up really quickly. Uh, Raiders uh, at the Steelers. Uh, you know, um, We started the show talking about the sad passing of Franco Harris and mentioned obviously the Immaculate Reception. This, these are the two teams that were playing in that particular game. This is the late game Sunday night football primetime in the US. Both of them have extraordinarily slim chances in fact maybe brian one of the most interesting angles is still mike tomlin's uh you know un, un- unbeaten if you like uh, uh winning record or at least being plus above 500 which is still alive um give us the skinny give us your pick
2: you're right about the franco harris piece obviously because it's going to be a very emotional game for Steelers fans and it's even even more emotional because they actually were planning to celebrate um the 50, it's the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and there's a, a ceremony planned, I'm not sure if it was pre-game or a half-time, but this has been in the offing for quite some time, so it's, it's quite even more sad and upsetting that the fact that it's the week in which he passes away is the, is the time in which they're going to celebrate it. Um, from a game perspective, I, I was surprised by Mike Tomlin's uh, comments this week. He's been very supportive of Kenny Piggy, but I wouldn't say he was critical of him this week, but he was very harsh in his statements of saying he's a, he's a long way to go. Um, he's, gonna be, he's obviously going to be back in this game. For the Raiders, I, it's, they're suggesting it's going to be the coldest game in Steelers history. So you know, what will the Raiders do, and how will they, how will they manage that type of atmosphere that's going to be around the game, and obviously the, the weather conditions. So I think it's, it, it, to me, it's going to come down to who can run the ball more efficiently. And right now, for me, that's the Raiders. Despite all the frailties they've had, up and down the season, Josh Jacob, for me will be the guy that goes up and down the field on the Steelers. Who, with the exceptions last week, their defense, run defense, has been quite poor in the second half of the season. Um, And I don't think Pickett will have enough to get the game done if the Raiders find a way to withstand the rushing from Harris. So for me, um, it's a Raiders victory.
0: Okay. And, Colin, I said Sunday night football. Of course, it's on our Sunday early morning. It's actually Saturday night football. It's Christmas Eve late game, isn't it? So sorry about that, people. Seriously, this time of year, don't trust me on dates for anything i've no idea what day it is i've no idea what's happening um column who have you got
1: oh um in 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 this particular game uh, um it's it, it it it's a kind of a, a, a coin toss one in, in in many ways um and and the Steelers have kind of taken over for our sorry. The Raiders have kind of taken over from the Seahawks as that team that never plays a normal game. You know that that um, that meme that uh, and that was said about the Seahawks for years, and that was the case with the Seahawks. But this year, it is absolutely uh, the the Raiders. So I could see the Raiders going in and and uh, you know winning. I could equally see the Raiders going in and and laying a complete egg after last week. I'll, I'll go with uh, Magic Mike because I, I, I want to see him keep the, the streak going. So for that reason, I will, I'll go with it. Um, but it is not said with a great deal of confidence.
0: I'm going to keep it reasonably simple. I think the Raiders have the better players. I think they've got the better running game. I think they've got the better passing game. I think they've got a the better quarterback. I think they've got the – well, maybe not the better defense. Steelers have the better defense. However – The Steelers are going to ride the emotion of uh, the Franco-Harris passing. They're going to use that as fuel uh, locally. And secondly, just on a point of principle, I am not picking the Raiders for the rest of the season after last week. I'm just not picking them. I don't care who they're playing. They could be playing the Texans with one hand tied behind their back with, I don't know, Nathan Peterman at quarterback. And I will still just pick against them on a point of – justice and principle um speaking of picks before we get to the the green bay and dolphins game brian how are we looking on the season so far in terms of our picks
2: well this is last week's end last weekend's picks mark um you were ahead quite comfortably on myself and colin but you only got nine last weekend myself and colin got 11 out of 15 so we're slowly slowly catching up but uh there's gonna be a big shift this weekend judging by some of the picks this evening but uh Last weekend, where I suppose, just looking there, you went with the Ravens, me and Colin picked the Browns, I went with the Giants, you all picked um, the Commanders, um, big shock for the Cowboys, we all went Cowboys, we all went Chiefs, that was obviously a tighter game than we expected. I went with the Raiders, Mark, and they won in that crazy game. I, know, I
0: noticed that, Brian, you didn't have to talk about that again, you did, just and, didn't uh, have to bring it up. And,
2: and Colin got a good one there, he went Saints uh, over the Falcons, we both went with the Falcons. But look... tight
0: tight at the top with a couple of weeks to go tight at the top that's what we'll say all right um speaking of the final game to wrap us all up then um the packers and the dolphins uh column um do you want to take us through this and see where we go to in terms of wrapping up uh, all 16 games tonight as well fun and
1: games Well, for for the Packers, the week has once again been dominated by Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers talking about off-field stuff. Um, uh, Kay- Kaylen Kater, who we have had on the show, uh, did a, a really interesting piece where she spoke to a number of former uh, former and current Packers players about learning Aaron Rodgers' hand signals. And it was a piece where she told, kind of gave insights into it, how it works, why the why Rogers does it, how often they change it, so that you no, know, even if a player leaves and goes to another roster, um, you know, they're not they're not able to to pick up on it. It didn't ever seem like you know um, she she that the piece was designed to be particularly critical. It was to offer an insight. Like when she was on with us, she talked about how she's really interested in QB play, really interested in QB personalities. And that's what the piece felt like. Then Aaron went on the Pat McAfee show, as he does every Tuesday. And they decided to mock the piece, uh, to dismiss the piece, to belittle the piece. Uh, McCarthy said it was anonymous sources. It wasn't at all anonymous sources. It was entirely sourced. The names were there. Um, he then came out on Wednesday and admitted that it was sourced, but he mocked it uh, again. Uh, and obviously there's been this kind of weird pile on as a result. I just don't, I don't understand it. Like if Aaron Rodgers do, like, doesn't like the criticism for Fine, but like, take issue with your receivers, the current and former guys who are quoted. Like, why, why are you having a go that it's a nothing story? It's a, it's an interest. If, if, if you're interested in football and you're interested in QB play, and you, you can take issue and we can criticize and we have done Aaron Rodgers as sometimes his play, sometimes his leadership. But you can recognise he's an incredibly talented QB and you want to get those insights. I mean, similar pieces have been written about Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning's approach to games and his study and what he would do, and equally about Tom Brady. So, like, this isn't, like, revolutionary that a journalist would want to write a piece about a quarterback's play. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand why Rodgers wants to be the center of attention, but again, if it is anything utter uh, uh, anything other than utter adulation and genuflecting at the altar of Aaron Rodgers, he loses his mind. Um Aaron, you are a very talented quarterback, very talented. But like get offline if you if you cannot deal with the criticism The internet is the worst place in the world to be. Uh, That said, this game, um, they will make it difficult for the Dolphins, but the Dolphins coming off the back of three road losses absolutely have to get a win. Um, And I'm going to say that they will have enough to to do that. Um, But the weather is meant to be a lot more like Green Bay than uh, than traditional Miami. So that is something to keep an eye on, certainly.
2: I said on Monday's show that there's a number of Packers fans. <clears throat> excuse me, that still believe they're going to make the playoffs. But right now, right now the percentage number is 4.999%. They need a lot to go their way, and I think this weekend, in, in particular Christmas Day, is where it all ends. And they can put that, that kind of narrative to bed. I think Dolphins will win this game comfortably.
0: I'm just loving the idea and the sight of column going on a great little rant with the moose ears. Um, It really, it really made it column. I'll just say I I was trying to take you seriously. And then the the years were going, it was great. Um, In terms of this game. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Brian. The Packers have been too inconsistent. They haven't performed on offense sufficiently. They haven't performed on defense sufficiently either. That's an underrated aspect of their poor season this year. Um, and I have the Dolphins continuing to try to keep that AFC East competitive with the Bills, further securing their own position. And Colum, you rightly called out three road losses in a row. They've got to prove they can win on the road because it looks very likely they'll be on the road in the playoffs. And that will be key in relation to it. Uh, Brian, one quick point final from you before we wrap up.
2: I had to double check the screen there because it's normally you, Mark, that's on the Aaron Rodgers uh, rant Uh, over the course of the last three years in which we've been doing the show. So maybe it was nice to have a change and hear Colin vent his anger at the frustrations of Aaron Rodgers and how he goes on. But uh, I do agree with everything in which Colin has said. So no need for you to have a rant for the remainder of the season when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. That's
0: fine. I'll I'll just rant about the Raiders instead for a change. Um, for the observant among you, we actually only covered fifteen games. The Chargers, the Colts, Monday Night Football, we haven't got to. We will look to put out some material in relation to that come the end of the season. The Colts, um, should we say, don't want to be winning, uh, apparently at any point in the game other than the very end because. Who knows what the comeback will be? The Chargers on a great roll, so uh,
1: and we'll the Colts are now on their third QB of the the year, uh, yeah. probably because they want to get off the hook on paying Matt Ryan. But my goodness, uh, th- some of, some of the ways that teams are run around the league. The NFL came out uh, that about like how much was being spent in terms of replacing head coaches. Yeah, well, this yeah, like the the league needs to look at itself. Uh, I, I'll have I'll have another pop it in Brian. Uh, the owner of the Giants had a go about players and about taunting. Uh, have uh, the owners need to take a real look at themselves and some of the decisions that they are making, utterly embarrassing, and they're getting involved in football decisions when they
2: shouldn't be. Yeah, ha- have a merry Christmas, Colin. The the, the,
0: the the Colts and the Panthers, both on the second head coaches of the year and their third quarterbacks of the year, they are in a, a race, clearly, to try to get the, the highest possible number. There's there's a great thing, um, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's also a six degrees of Paul Erdos, who's a famous mathematician. And he published so many papers. And there is actually a thing called the Bacon-Erdos number, which if you've got someone like Natalie Portman, who's an academic as well as being an actress – the lowest number of degrees of separation between both of those people, the Colts and the Panthers are trying to get the Colt Panther sequence of uh, inconsistency, instability, and just pure chaos uh, this season. And they're in a a race to the bottom in, in that regard. Um, Gentlemen, it has been an absolute joy as always. I wish you all our listeners and viewers, all the merriest of Christmases may all your heartbeats be white or may all your Christmases be white. That's how the line the lyric goes. I want to thank you for your company tonight. Thank everyone for watching and for bearing with us through a lot of Christmas games to talk through. Um, don't ask me when they're actually on, please look that up. Cause I have no clue. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to have food put in front of me and eat is my plan. Also want to thank our sponsors as always at Cassidy travel for their continued, uh, support and. Merry Christmas, everyone, I think. Merry
1: Christmas. Happy Christmas, everyone. And we will see you all uh, after Christmas, where we will be back to discuss, uh, debate, and preview the next set of games.
2: Happy Christmas, guys.